0: You're listening to Your Bright Future with Mrs. J and Mr. L.D., a Lava Counselor podcast connecting home, school, and family.
1: Welcome to Your Bright Future with Mr. L.D. And Mrs. J. We're, we're always happy to be here with you and, and just kind of share some of our experience and insights as school counselors working with sixth and seventh grade students and 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 often we just want to get into stuff that we, we think can be useful for you as parents um, working with children of this age and really of any age. And today, kind of our subject we wanted to dive into was self-advocacy and teaching students how to be advocates for themselves. One definition for that that I found that I really like, Tanya, was being able to identify and ask for what you need to thrive. And, and that could be a skill. Honestly, I I still struggle with that a little bit. I know bit, but. I
0: like I like that too, and yeah, it's a lifelong journey for some people to try to identify what you need to thrive. I mean, how that's a deep question. Mm-hmm. Often p- parents will ask, like, "Well, why didn't you call me?" Sure. Or sure. why didn't you like why didn't you reach out to me?
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: And um, and I think it's because that's that's kind of one of my main philosophies at this age is I want these kids to start to develop that self-advocacy and be able to recognize that they are capable of making their own decisions and they make out. And I always want a parent to be a part of the decision Mm -hmm, process, mm -hmm. but I am going to reach out to the kids first. A lot of the time, uh, and try to get their input and get there. And then I always encourage them, like, hey, go home and talk to your parent about this. If yeah. they have questions, then have them contact me. So it's it's more just of kind of inserting the student into the conversation mm-hmm. rather than making decisions for them or kind of around them without giving them that voice and yeah. that input
1: which which is such an important skill and it, no I definitely agree that that, that happens a lot here um, and, it, and it's a big transition from elementary school where yeah. <laughs> where so often you know the parents are, are the first line and, and and some students naturally have that self-advocacy where they speak up for themselves and kind of jump on the opportunity there but for most of us most children especially, that's a skill we need to explicitly direct and teach. Well,
0: yeah, and if you think about sixth grade being, they're halfway through their K
1: yeah, twelve career, right? Mm-hmm, so they mm-hmm. this
0: is really something that they need to develop and and really get down. Um, we hear a lot about lawnmower parents, right? And so I kind of wanted to just go over that a little bit. And and this is not necessarily what we're saying. We have a lot of. I no, mean, no, I think no. every school has maybe a few parents that really want to just clear the way of any <laughs> obstacles uh, that their student might have. Right. They just want to make sure everything's perfect. They want to make sure they have the classes right. They want to make sure that um, they don't really have that adversity at school that Mm -hmm. would make their experience bad, right? But we are all for that. Like we really Mm -hmm. do advocate for like let your child have those experiences. And so so I ran across an article a while back about eight signs you might be falling into (laughs) this lawnmower parent trap. And I think we're all susceptible to it at points, but um is like if you bring forgotten belongings to school, like assignments or lunch. Um, you pick up their room, you do their laundry, you clean up their dinner plates. I'm guilty of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, my kids think there's a dish fairy that just comes <laughs> into their room at night and picks up their bat, their plates and stuff. But you blame their teachers for bad grades rather than hold them accountable themselves. You push for them to be in classes or activities above their level. Um, you handle any type of situation that might make them uncomfortable by, by talking for them. And that's mm-hmm. this is the piece we're talking mm-hmm. about today. Um, You break up fights between friends and siblings before they're resolved, rather than letting them kind of work through it on their own. Um, This one Mm -hmm. makes me laugh. You spend hours googling math (laughs) equations and science facts to "quote unquote" help with homework. Um, (laughs) Teachers can always tell, by the way. Um, Your child crumbles in the face of failure. So those are some signs. And like I said, we don't see this often, but I think every school does see it to some extent. And so those all come from a good place, I think, parents come from a good place. They want to help their students have that good experience. Yeah. Not recognizing that letting kids fail, letting them face problems, letting them advocate and learn how to problem solve on their own is such an important skill for them to have, especially at this age.
1: No question. And 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 like you said, we all naturally as parents have those inclinations For sure. right? sure yeah nobody likes seeing your kids sad or struggle or frustrated we want to get in there and you know right now i have a five and a two-year-old and another baby on the way and, and that's i'm a softie when i when i see my boys crying or struggling i want that i naturally want to jump in and make it all better but but if you zoom out and have the big picture often in those instances, we're, I'm, I'm doing a disservice when I do that because I'm not giving them the opportunity to figure things out on their own and, right. and kind of build that self-esteem, build that self-advocacy. And, and so that's why we wanted to talk about this and kind of we, we have some tips we put together. And, and why is this important? Kind of big picture again, you're the, your child's growing up, right? They, you're not always going to be there right with them. Maybe you want to be, but that that's just impossible. As especially as they get older, going into inter- intermediate and then middle school, high school, college, and career, you know, workplace type stuff, yeah, yeah. they won't always have their parents there with them. Social situations, you know, are so important for children to be able to figure out, problem solve, and, and again, it's it's intimidating. I I again, my my older son's not in kindergarten yet; he is next year, and I get anxiety <laughs> thinking about him just having those uncomfortable social situation and dealing with bullies and, and, you know, just playground disputes and all that. And, and my, my heart, I just want to jump in there and make it all better. But I know being a school counselor and going through life myself, you know, as a child that him learning to do those things is, is the best way.
0: Yeah. It's um, hard to sometimes control that mama bear, papa bear yeah. feeling that you have, but, but um, but in the long run, it's better for, for sure, kids for sure. to work it out themselves.
1: Same with jobs. I mean, I can, having been a high school counselor, I had many students that when they would run into their first conflict at work or whatever, they would just quit because they didn't know how to deal with it. You yeah. know, They didn't know how to problem solve, work through it, talk to their bosses. Um, same with college. That's one of the top reasons in, in the current research why people drop out of college is that they just don't have that resiliency. They don't know how to ask for help without their mom or dad doing it for them, which at college, you know, you growing up through K through 12, parents, you know, definitely have the right to be in here and talk to teachers and counselors and admin and that kind of stuff at college that flips, you know, you do not, have access that you did at K through 12. So, and, and, and a lot of students are just ill-equipped to be able to deal with that. Yeah, for sure.
0: So let's get into some of the tips to help kids. And this is this is both for the kids and for us as, you know, the people who are educating and parenting these children, how can we help them to mm-hmm. develop this, this very needed skill of self-advocacy? So first one is let them spread their wings. And so you do this through free play, uh, failure, having those conflicts that Jared was just talking Mm -hmm. about. I mean, you're going to have those times when you bash heads with other people and, um, and almost all the time they can be resolved. If you stick to it and you figure it out and you talk to each other, you communicate, but anytime they can do something on their own, um, even failing, even you know, getting into these little scrapes or whatever, it can be so good for them to know because it builds their competence. It yeah. helps them to know, hey, I was, I went through this hard thing with my friend the other day, and I we worked it out, but we're okay now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then, the, in fact, the I just heard this story from a student the other day who they were Perfect. saying. Um, they, they wanted to go home because they were. They didn't want to go to PE. They're like, yeah. "When I get to PE, these girls are going to make fun of me. They're going to uh, call me these names." And I just, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I said, "You can do this. I, I want you to go to PE today, and I want you to face this because I don't want you to go home. I want." And we talked about resiliency. We talked about all these things. Well, she was brave. She was a brave little lady, and she went to the PE class that day. <laughs> and then two days later, I checked in with her again, and I was like, so how did it go in PE? And she goes, well, they're still making fun of me sometimes, but I just let it kind of roll off me now. Yeah. And I was like, look what you just did. No, you I totally... B- built some resilience within yourself because you knew you can handle it because you just handled it two days ago. And so mm-hmm. if it happens again, you know you're going to survive. You know you're going to get through it. And so that was brilliant to me because it was a, a perfect little example mm-hmm. of this building competence so I can handle these problems and then how it builds your confidence in turn because they are like, I can handle it now. For I sure. can do it. And so that's
1: critical. No, I, I, I can think of other students that I've worked with and, and, you know, ones that are success stories and ones not so much. But, but with teachers is a big one, too. Often we'll get students come down and be like, oh, my gosh, this teacher yelled at me. I, w- I was talking, you know, or I had my phone out and this teacher yelled at me. And Now they hate me and I got to switch out of this class. Again, problem solving, working through things, having comp- that competence and confidence that, yeah, that did happen, yeah. but it can get better. You can work things out with the teacher. The teacher does not hate you just because <laughs> they right. were frustrated with you in that moment. Um, but but again, that self advocacy and, and kind of working through it with the teacher. Um, another tip: give them ownership of problems, and and that is hard. Kind of what we already you know visited a little bit, but resist the urge to jump in right away. So let's say your child comes home and says. Mr. So-and-so, you know, they snapped at me today. I, and I was doing it. I didn't do anything. I was just sitting there doing my work, which isn't always the whole truth, obviously. <laughs> but but give them, you know, a day or two to figure it out. And, and you could problem solve with them and say, well, what happened here? How can we make it better? What can you do to do that? You know, maybe you could go talk to Mr. LD or Mrs. J or, or send your teacher an email about that. And maybe you could just say, hey, I don't know. What I did wrong, but I, I just want to make sure we're okay, right, mm-hmm. you know, and, and put the ball in their court, you know.
0: And I would say that's even important with, we mentioned earlier, like bringing things to school, like that if they left something home, they left an assignment home you know, and they're calling you and they're like, mom, dad, I left this assignment home. I'm going to get, I'm going to fail. I'm going to mm-hmm. get zero points. You know, sometimes it's okay to let them have that experience yeah, and totally. and and have the consequence that comes from that because that's a huge teaching moment, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than learning that mom and dad are going to save me, uh, whenever I do that, they're going to be more responsible to bring it because they don't want to get that zero again mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it can be a p- very powerful teaching experience to just let them, own their own problems and and that includes reaping the benefits of what or the consequences of whatever that problem was.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: um, And also that's that's uh the same thing with owning feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times uh children will say, well, like the teacher example, like they hate me, right? Mm -hmm. And and so there's feelings are hard and the vocabulary of feelings are hard. And so it's good for parents and teachers and educators for us to kind of help kids develop that vocabulary and really understand that their feelings are their own and they can have control over those feelings. Yeah. That it's not, and you don't blame anyone else for the feelings you have, but you try to own and control and, and understand your own feelings. And that's a huge job. That's a big part of what Mr. L D mm-hmm. and I do here at the school is really help kids to, to learn that. So yeah. that's a good way to help kids advocate for themselves because if they can know how they're feeling and communicate how they're feeling, then that's going to go a long way to solving. Totally. And, and
1: yeah, that, that skill is just so, you know, transferable to so many problems in life, right? Being able to identify when you're feeling uncomfortable, not just tuck and tell and run and mm-hmm. just be and say, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, something happened with that teacher. But, but yeah, so many go from zero to they hate me. I got to get out of here. Right.
0: And we can help them with the language Mm -hmm, that they mm -hmm. use. You know, you could teach them how to say to a teacher, I'm trying really hard because I care about this project, but I'm having trouble with dot, 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 and like fill in the blank. Like teach them the language to use. Um, Another example, can we find another way for this to work for both of us? Mm -hmm. You know, let's find Mm -hmm. a win-win. A lot of kids learn about that win-win situation. And so if they can figure out a way to talk to a teacher, and teachers love this, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, teachers... Fall on the floor when a kid actually comes <laughs> in and is like, help me figure out this problem. That's no what they question. love. No so um, another example, I'm having trouble working with this person, with this system. Can you help me figure it out? That's mm-hmm. what our teachers are here for. That's what we're all here for, is to help kids to figure that out. And that's the that's the right person to ask, right? Mm-hmm. Is the teacher. Um
1: Yeah, and and things like, you know, at a restaurant, you know, giving your ch- child like, excuse me, you know, I asked for tomato on my sandwich, but I but I got, you know, this. But excuse me, I, I asked for X but I received Y. How can I make this better, right? Is that awkward? Is that somewhat uncomfortable? Yeah, even for me it is. Yeah. But, but practicing those skills. I mean, right now I'm I'm going through some medical stuff, and, and, and it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable being an advocate for yourself and, and communicating with doctors in these situations. Again, those skills, these skills are things that are lifelong skills that we always got to practice and, and work with. Um, one I love that I always teach my students, you know, whether it's social stuff with family, with friends, with teachers, you can never go wrong with being honest, direct, and respectful or kind. You know, either those are pretty. You could sub in respectful or kind, and and that's true. You know, imagine your first breakup, right? You know, yeah. when you're trying to break up with someone, again, talk about an awkward. Uncomfortable, difficult situation, situation or, yeah. or same with the teacher. You're, you're having some uncomfortable feelings there or, or struggling with a concept in math, Go to your teacher and just saying, Hey, I, I, you know, I, I really am working hard, but I just don't get this. And, and just being that honest, direct and respectful, you know, that it, it rarely that. could go wrong with that. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, so another tip, uh, give them responsibilities and then hold them accountable for those responsibilities. Um, A lot of families do this through chores, of Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. I've seen on Pinterest and Facebook and a whole bunch of social media places where um, there's like a list of responsibilities that kids should have at varying ages, right? Mm -hmm. Like what they're capable of doing. Um, So three to five, maybe it's, you know, helping take out the trash Mm -hmm. or making their bed in the morning. You know, as they get older into high school, they do things like Uh, make their own appointments Mm -hmm. for the dentist or for, you know, and so it's kind of this graduated scale of what are my kids able to do? If you Google that, that's a great starting place, but parents know their kids better than anyone. And so if they, you know, see their kids and, and they see that they have a need around the house and they want to give those assignments and then hold them accountable, meaning that if, there's a consequence there's a consequence mm-hmm. you know and if there's a reward there's a reward but they're the one that's responsible for yeah, it and you're not sure. going to try to like switch up the system or change the rules mid-game so that it doesn't affect them in that way and and that sometimes is hard to do as a parent but it does help your student to uh to build self-esteem and mm-hmm. to to build that confidence. Like we talked about, like I can do these things. I've been doing these things since I was young
1: and I can
0: do more. Give me more. Right. And they get to the point where they're like, give me more responsibilities.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And maybe that's uh, tied to the reinforcement they get, you know, or an incentive there, but that, that's great too. Um, another tip and this is so true across the board when we're trying to teach our children anything, model it yourself right you want to be a good example of that and, and as I already said I know that I need to be better at this you know I, <laughs> I I'm one that can struggle being a self-advocate and being asserting myself in situations where that's needed. but also when you find models and books you know you're reading with them or shows or movies you're watching you you could point them out and just say hey that was kind of cool how they did work through that conflict you know you don't want to frame it like Hey, why don't you be more like Character X? But but just you know, <laughs> noting that that was that was kind of cool how they did that with their teacher or, or with that bully. You know that that could be. Yeah, a, and if you're
0: the kind of parent that likes active lessons, you could even like role play it yeah, out, or you yeah. could be like, you know, do. Alternative endings, like, well, what would have have happened if they Mm -hmm. would have made a different choice? And you can talk about some of those things. Um, But whenever they're anticipating a a difficult encounter even, that would be a good time to maybe role play. Like, what are you going to say to your teacher? I'll be your teacher. You be you. And tell me what you're going to say. And you try to role play through that and just let them see the different alternatives. Often our kids go to worst case scenario. For They're sure, like, my teacher's sure. going to be mad. They're going to hate me, all mm-hmm. these things. But we need to let them know. Like Usually it's not as bad as that. Usually it'll just be a conversation mm-hmm. and it'll be good and you'll get through it. Mm-hmm. So uh, another tip, give kids real world opportunities. So again, this goes back to like, what are kids capable of. So letting them order their food in the restaurant rather than you ordering for them. Um, teachers... Asking them for help, or even sending an email, our teachers actually do like when kids yeah. email them. And emailing is a skill that a lot of kids haven't developed yet at for this sure. age. And so, you know, oftentimes I'll get an entire email in the subject line. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> like, wait, we need to teach you how to do an email. But those are these are good things, right? To to teach them how to do that, to teach them how to reach out. Um, and like Mr. LD said, as long as they're being honest, direct, respectful, and kind, they really just can't go wrong. Yeah. Like we, that is something that will be reciprocated in that conversation and can go a long way to helping them just really become the kind of people that we want them to become.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and when you see your child doing these things, positively reinforce it, right? You know, tell them how great and be specific, you know, kind of like we talked about in our last episode, uh, just, I loved when you did this, when you emailed your teacher because you were having difficulty in math, right? You know? Yeah, and point out
0: how that worked out so well.
1: Definitely. And, and, and let's be clear about the lawnmower parent. We do want to scale back, but it's great, powerful, wonderful if your child knows you're their first line of defense, right? That you are their safety net. Absolutely. So we want them to try these things. We want them to spread their wings like a baby bird in a nest, <laughs> but but that you are there when they fail. And, and and again, failure can be uncomfortable, hard for you as a parent and the child. But but it's honestly, there's nothing I, I get kind of glimpse just thinking about it. When our children try things and fail, there's such powerful learning that happens, but also that bond between you as parent and child could just be strengthened even deeper as well. Yeah. Because they, they try this thing, they fail, they come home to you and you just give them, love them up and just let them know that you're there for them. But how proud you are of them too, that they tried that thing and that you know that they'll keep trying, you know, despite that failure.
0: Yeah. Great, great advice. Yeah, we love parents around here. We, we we know that parenting itself is one of the hardest things that can be done, and we are so patient, and we are not judgmental of parents at all. We understand that no matter where you are on that scale, yeah, we are sure. here to help you to figure out this hard, hard job of parenting. So <laughs> so we, we love it when parents come into the office, and, and we don't want uh, to dismiss that or or negate that (laughs) in any way right but yeah just this whole idea of teaching your kid this this important important skill all right well that's our podcast for today and we are so grateful for you spending the time with us to listen and and to hear what we have to say please 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 listen and share and spread the word we want um, as many people as possible to be in on these conversations and so uh, we appreciate anything you do to help us with that
1: Thank you so much. All right.
0: Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye.